let's uh, let's pray as we are uh, as we're praying. Um, I want to particularly uh, lift up um, Christina Krager. I got a, a text at about one forty-five or so in the morning. They're going to the hospital. So, um, and, but as of eight o'clock this morning, no baby yet. Um, I just texted uh, Bruce uh, before I came in here, and I was I didn't hear back from him. But uh, so you know, let's just pray that the pray for Christina that the baby comes out because uh, she's ready for that baby to, to pop. Um, and uh, pray for a healthy baby. Uh, pray for just um, you know just God's hand to be upon the whole situation. Uh, so l- l- let's do this. Our Father God in heaven, Lord, we love you. Lord, we thank you. Lord, we ask as we come into your house, Lord, as we come together as a, a people that's focused on you, Lord, that we can just lift one another up. Uh, God, we do lift up uh, the Craigers and, and the, the arrival or the, 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 the potential arrival of the new baby today. Uh, God, we ask that your hand be upon them. Uh, God, we ask as, um, uh, as we are the extended family that we can come around them and help where we need or where they need help. Uh, God, that we can do what it is that uh, you have uh, commissioned us to do, you've appointed us to do. Uh, God, that we pray for um, our, our brothers and sisters up the road at the, at the, the Congregational Church. Uh, Pastor Rich asked for prayer, God, and, and we want to pray and lift them up as he is. Uh, by this time, probably uh, midway through his sermon, uh, God, continue to give him words, give him power, give him strength. God, as we uh, start into uh, our, our message today and continue into worship, we ask for your presence to be with us, Lord. We ask for open ears, open hearts, and God, I ask for the words just to, to, to speak, and we pray this in Jesus' name, amen. All right, you can have a seat. A oh, um, little bit of a confusion this morning, but we're going to clear it up. Uh, the kids, the, the teenagers don't have class today. They'll have class next uh, Sunday. <clears throat> so... Uh, sit back, relax, have a good time. Uh, and he, he, here's the deal. Um, for, for those uh, teenage kids, you get, you, this is for you, uh, also for parents. Um, think about it this way. Uh, yes, I, I get it. Sometimes you guys get bored listening to the bald man uh, talk. It's, a, it's, a, it's understandable. Uh, the, what's that? Well, the bald man with the big mouth uh, up here, right? Um, but uh, he, here's, here is my thought behind all of this, and I, this is a deep conviction of mine. Um, you all, and, and I, let me talk to the, the younger adults, you all are subjective, meaning that you, you, you see and, and you experience adult things all of the time. Uh, you, your lives are subjected to adult material throughout your life. So I believe that it is very beneficial to you and to your parents for you to be in here sometimes, uh, because if you're being subjected to adult things on the outside, you need to be subjected to adult spiritual things as well. So that is, that is why you are in here sometimes. It's not just so I can be mean, um, whatever, but it's, it's for, your own, for your own benefit. And, and adults, uh, parents, that is for, for you to know as well. Um, so... With that, uh, let's, let's get rolling. How, are we all doing well today? Yes. We're, doing, we're, doing, we're really doing really good. Are we ready for the cold snap tomorrow? Yeah. I think I was the one that said I wanted snow, and I'm already saying, no, I don't want snow anymore. Because it, I, it, it's like I want snow, but I don't want the cold. So 31 degrees and snow is awesome, right? But not 12 degrees and snow. All right, um, if you have a Bible, uh, turn to Luke chapter 3. We're going to continue on in our series in Luke. 
Um, Luke chapter 3, what, we, uh, what we're going to talk about today is um, baptism and genealogy, uh, which um, are, are, are fun things, at least one, uh, but they're, they're, they're important together. Um, what we need to understand is why we're doing what it is that we're doing. Um, we're going through the book of Luke, and the reason that we're going through the book of Luke is because um, Dr. Luke uh, was pressed by the Holy Spirit to write this book, and he writes this to, um, to who? Theophilus. Uh, and, and he tells Theophilus, and, and uh, what we understand is Theophilus uh, is the, um, a, the friend of God or a, a, a lover of God. He's, he's a man that, that is a person, a physical person at this time. But is, is, is also this is also very relevant to us because we can be um, in that same category as Theophilus, friend of God, lover of God. So we can, we can learn a lot from this. Um, and, and, and Dr. Luke says that the reason he's writing this is so um, that Theophilus can have a, a certainty about the things in which he's been taught. So we, we've uh, talked about different certainties over the past, uh, I think, nine weeks now or so. You guys have asked some questions, which are, which are awesome. Uh, I've been answering questions in the sermon. I, I haven't really, when, some of you are like, well, you haven't, answered, you haven't like, emailed me back or anything. Well, the intent is you give me questions, I'm going to address them for everybody to hear. I'm not going to call you out or anything. So that's when you listen. Remember the questions in which you, you ask. So um, that's, that's a, a key part of this. But what we, what we want to do is we want to have certainty uh, um, about the things in which we have been taught. And so what we need to do is when we're taught new things, or if something appears to you to be new, make sure that you do some research. Make sure that you do your, um, when I was growing up, it's called the, your due diligence of uh, reading context and, and reading what the Scripture says. Because at the end of the day, I don't want you just to take my word for it. Although I, I spend many hours in doing what it is that I, that I do to, to make sure that I'm uh, proclaiming the, the, the full truth, the full gospel, uh, the, 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 um, the, 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 the whole uh, counsel of Scripture, I still want you to be good Bereans, as uh, uh, the Bible says, and investigate this. It, it helps you. Um, here's something that, that I think is important, and I've had this conversation with multiple people um, too many times what happens is we, we want to learn and grow more, and we think that if we just continue to pile stuff on top of our, ourselves that we'll, we'll learn more. Um, if you find yourself in that category where you're just piling more, more Bible reading plans and more scripture uh, and more uh, devotions and more of all of this stuff, and you're feeling like you're burdened, how about you just do this? This is my recommendation for a time. Uh, get rid of all of that stuff. Now, if you're fruitful in that, awesome. But if you're just feeling burdensome, I'm like 14 days behind on my Bible reading plan, and it's only the 17th of January, and I started on the 1st, right? So you read the Bible for three days, and now you just feel overwhelmed because you haven't been. Here's what I want, here's what I want to encourage you to do. Um, on Sunday morning, we, we talk about, uh, we go through the Bible. Take what it is that we're talking about on Sunday and use it as devotion for the rest of the week. Just try that. Simplify things. Remember what I've said. Take notes. Go back with the, uh, the sermon podcast and stuff like that. Listen again. And then once you, you, you're starting to, to grow and, and, and you're getting a lot more out of your, your Bible time, uh, add in Wednesday nights, uh, the, the Red Hill Project and everything that we do, the teaching on that. And start with, with, with small, these small steps, build this confidence, and then attack these, these major obstacles. Because I, the last thing I want to do is make a complicated life even more complicated. 
And I think that that's the, the tendency in which we have is to, uh, you know, is if I keep pushing stuff and pull, piling more godly stuff in my life, I'm just going to become more godly. You're going to become overwhelmed, and you're going to feel like you're drinking out of a, a fire hydrant, and you're going to be drowned, all right? So that's just a, a, a word of, of encouragement and caution at the same time. So let's do this. Uh, Luke chapter 3. We're going to start in uh, verse 21. And um, we're going to finish out the chapter. Verse 21, it says, Now when all the people were baptized, okay, we're going to stop real quick. Um, the baptism in which we're talking about is John the Baptist. Uh, he, he came on scene. Remember, uh, he has uh, the, the, the camel skin, the, the nappy hair, the, the beard, eating bugs. Um, probably not the most desirable guy to, to look at. Maybe he smells. We don't know. But he was proclaiming the good news about the kingdom coming. And people were coming out and repenting of their sins and being baptized. Key element that, that, that we need to understand for today that they were that this baptism was still the same baptism, baptism of repentance. So this is what's happening. People are coming out, and it says, Now when all the people were baptized, and when Jesus also had been baptized, uh oh, hold on a second, man. That's kind of we'll talk about that in a second, and was praying, the heavens were opened, and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove, and a voice from heaven, or a voice came from heaven, you are my beloved son, with you I am well pleased. Um, we're going to spend probably 90% of the message in verse 21 and 22, but I want to read through the end and then come back to this. It says in verse 23, or 23 Jesus... When he began his ministry, we, we talked about that. I, I think that when we look at him as a, as a young man, 12 years old, in the temple, um, we, we talked about his ministry hadn't begun yet. It says here, when he began his ministry was about 30 years of age. Whew. Ready? Here's the genealogy. Being the son, as was supposed, of Joseph, the son of Heli, the son of Matheth, the son of Levi, the son of Melchi, the son of Janiah, the son of Joseph, the son of Matthias, the son of Amos, the son of Nahum, the son of El, or Esli, the son of Nagai, the son of Maph, the son of Matthias, the son of Simeon, the son of Joseph, the son of Jodah, the, not Yoda, Jodah, the son of Joanna, the son of Resha the son of Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, the son of Neri, the son of Melchi, the son of Adi, the son of Kosum, the son of uh, Elmadam, the son of Ir. Oh, I like that one, Ur, right? The son of Ur. If they all, all their names were like that, it'd be a whole lot easier. The son of Ur, the son of Joshua, the son of Eleazar, the son of Joram, the son of Mattith, the son of Levi, the son of Simeon, the son of Judah, the son of Joseph, the son of Jonah, the son of Eliakim, the son of Melia, the son of Mena, the son of Mattath, the son of Nathan, the son of David, the son of Jesse, the son of Obed, the son of Boaz, the son of Saul, Salah, the son of Nashon, the son of Aminadad, the son of Admin, the son of Arni, the son of Hezron, the son of Perez, the son of Judah, the son of Jacob, the son of Isaac, the son of Abraham, the son of Terah, the son of Nahor, the son of Syriac, the son of Ru, the son of Peleg, the son of Eber, the son of Shelah, the son of Canaan, the son of Arphaxad, the son of Shem, the son of Noah, the son of Lamech, the son of Methuselah, the son of Enoch, the son of Jared, the son of Mahalalel, the son of Canaan, the son of Enos, the son of Seth, the son of Adam, the son of God. Woo! All right. That's a lot. 
He, he, here's, there, there are times that I read the Bible and I'm like, what in the world? Why do I need all of this information? Well, I, I love those questions because as I'm reading through this, um, this has been, the, the, the foundation has been set that Jesus is starting his ministry. He's, he's just been baptized. So we understand that um, we, there's, there, there's a lot of, of, of people there. Would, would we say that there's a lot of generations, there's a lot of life that happened before Jesus came? Right? Would we all say that? Right? Okay. So what we, what we need to understand is as we, we look at all of this, we understand these are not just names. These are people. These are lives. These are events that happened in history. Uh, you heard some of these that, that I read, the, the names jumped out at you. The, I, I said Noah. So you're thinking about Noah and the ark. I said Joshua. You're thinking about going in and, and conquering the promised land. You, you hear just some of these names. You can go on and on. And some of these names make sense to you. But some of these names have no meaning at all to you. But just because they have no meaning at all to you as you hear them doesn't mean that they have no meaning at all to God as in his plan. And I want to stress that, that even though we don't know the story, we know that God had a plan and he used these unnamed individuals that we have no, no uh, known recollection of them. He used them um, for an important execution of his ultimate plan, bringing his son to uh, earth to, to die um, on, on the cross. So what, we, what I think is the most important out of all of this, and there are other things, but for us the most important is that God purposes everyone for a specific plan. All the way down, all of these names, they had a specific plan. So if you're sitting here and you're thinking, well, God doesn't know my name, or maybe you know, somebody else doesn't know your name, it, just because your name isn't, isn't known by somebody else doesn't mean it's not known by God. And, and just because maybe your name is not known by Bobby, um, because he's kind of, you know, he's, he's a jerk sometimes. But um, no, see, this is a beautiful part. No one can see his face except for me. And he's just, now he's smiling. <laughs> no, but just because Bobby doesn't know your name doesn't mean you're not important. Because God knows your name, and God knows that he's used you for a specific reason. Some people say, well, I don't know what my specific reason is. Well, here's the deal. That's what we want to help you find out. When we come together um, as a body, we come together so our spiritual gifts can, can, can manif be manifested, so we can see the Spirit move through us, so we can impact the kingdom of God. So we're not, we're not any good all by ourselves, but when we come together, we're, we're, a work of, <laughs> we're a work, but we're a work of God. God is doing something major. So as I look through all of this, I see every, every person is important. So don't let anybody ever tell us that you're not important because God has a plan for you. Just like he had a, a, a plan for um, uh, Nagaya. I, so I, don't, I, don't, I don't even know, I don't even remember that name in the Old Testament. But it doesn't mean that, that it's not there. But just because we don't know doesn't mean that God doesn't know. With that... I think that what we have to understand is this plan that God has, that, that these events that took place, they were just paving the way for Jesus to, to do what he came to do. Uh, if you look back to um, verse 21, because th this is where I want us to really spend the next few minutes, is just looking at this baptism 
uh, of Jesus and what was taking place. Knowing that all of this, all of, uh, of these, um, these lives uh, were, were uh, prior to Jesus and all of these lives were important to what it is that Jesus is going to do. What we can see here is it says in verse 21, and let, let's just kind of pull this apart and look at this. So in verse 21, it says, now when all the people were baptized, and we talked about that right at the beginning, that they were coming out to be baptized, um, and, and what the baptism was or was for was a, um, a symbol of the repentance of their sin. So they repented of their sin, and then they were baptized. Okay, so we talked in, in depth about that last week. So if you missed that, you know, uh, go on the podcast, listen to that. But um, it goes on to say, and when Jesus also had been baptized, Pause. Wait, wait, wait. This presents a slight problem. This is where people say, okay, there's contradictions and everything else in the Bible. No, here's the deal. Um, ignorance tells us that. Um, what we do is we need to dive deeper, but let's just look at this on a surface level. So, it says that Jesus had been baptized. Um, why? Don't answer this right now because I don't want you, I want you to hear this out. My question is, why was Jesus baptized? Well, I think that, 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 uh, that, well, there are many theories on why, and we'll discuss a few of them. But before we get into answering the why Jesus was baptized, I want us to look at the event of Jesus' baptism. Look at this event. Because uh, we, we just talked about all of these people and, and, the, and they had life events, let's talk about the event that took place and what we can see in just the event of Jesus' baptism. I will answer the, the, the former question. But in Jesus' baptism, it, it says that um, as he was praying, the heavens were opened, all right, and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove, not like a glove, like a dove, Ace Ventura, right? <laughs> like a dove, and a voice from heaven, or a voice came from heaven, you are my beloved son. With you I am well pleased. All right, so here's, here's what I want to talk about. In the event of the baptism of Jesus, what we can see clearly is the Trinity. This is awesome. Because what we have is we have the Son praying, we have the Spirit descending, and we have the Father affirming the Son. So we have all three persons of the Trinity present at one event in time. This is also indicative, it also tells us and points to um, how the Trinity, all three persons were present at the beginning of time, at, at the beginning of creation. It says that, 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 that God spoke the, 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 the world into existence. It says that the Spirit hovered over, over the sea, over the waters of the earth. We know that the, the spoken word, the word is Jesus it says in Colossians that, that Jesus is the, invisible, or is the visible image of the invisible God. We know that, that, that um, Jesus is fully God, and we're going to talk about that, but when we see that God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, or I don't want to go that way, but God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit are all present at Jesus' baptism. What we see here, and this is not um, 
I was kind of going through this with my wife last night, and I, I wanted to make sure that we understand that uh, God, and, and I know I, I explained the Trinity, but I don't think we can really fully explain the Trinity. Um, what we need to understand is God is one God in three persons. Let us try to get our head around that just a, a little bit, just to, to understand, because God is not one God in three different modes. Like, for a certain period, he's the Father, and for a certain period, he's the Son, and for a certain period, he's the Holy Spirit, because that's what some people try to do. Uh, Sabellianism or modalism teaches that, that, okay, the Father, God was a, in one mode in the Old Testament, and in, the new, and, and in the Gospels, when Jesus was here, he was in a different mode, and then after Jesus died and ascended, he was in a different mode. We know that to be false because we see a, a, a events in the Bible. We see here that he was all three at one time together. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. How does that work? Well, it, it works like this. that They all have the same um, attributes. They're all divine in, in nature. Now they are uh, um, uh, subordinate in, in, in uh, roles. There, there, there are roles in which each one takes but it doesn't make one greater than the other. And we talked about that, um, I think it was in the We Believe series when we talked about that. I had the, the visual with the balls. That was a, 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 an awesome visual where we, we had three different balls. And what we try to do is um, we, we see the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. I, I glued all these balls together. And then what we try to do is we rip them apart and try to explain. What we have to understand is um, then I had another ball that had um, uh, three different colors on it, but it was still one ball. Well, what we have to understand is God is God. God is one. The, the, the Old Testament teaches us that, that, that uh, Israel, the, the people of Israel, the Jewish people, that's what the, the Shema um, uh, Israel, they, they, would, they would pray the, the, this prayer. Our Lord, our, the, the Lord, our God, the Lord is one. All right? So there's one God, but he is in three persons. Why is this so stinking important? Well, it, it's, it's very important when we understand when Jesus came to earth, Jesus did not cease being God. He, he did not, like, take his God stuff and put it in the closet, and I'm not going to be God anymore. No, there, there's this, this beautiful, there's a big word that, that, that explains this, kenosis. What he did is he voluntarily took his divine attributes and, and the continual use of them, and he set them aside. So when, when Jesus took his divine attributes, the continual, that's the key part, the continual use of them, and he set them aside, um, he did not give up being God. He set them aside because only God can set aside divine attributes. He set them aside, but at any time he could pick them back up. I've used the illustration in the past. It's kind of like me wrestling with Gabe. I can let Gabe uh, pin me down to the ground, but at any time, because uh, he's still young, at any time I can overpower him and, and pin him down to the ground. I did not cease to, to be superior or, or um, uh, stronger than my son. I had voluntarily set these aside. In the same, why is that, why is that so important? 
Because what we have to understand is that God could only sacrifice God to uh, cover the sin of, of the world. But God had to sacrifice a pure sacrifice, being Jesus, uh, to cover all of the sin of the world um, so that we can, as Hebrew says, that we have a high priest that is able to sympathize with us. He, he was able to be fully, um, he was fully God, but at the same time, he was fully human. I know our, our heads kind of go Poof, at this point. How can you be fully God and how can you be fully human? Only God can be fully God and fully human. Jesus was not Clark Kent. You've heard me say that. He was not Clark Kent. Like he was Superman, but then he just put his, his geeky glasses and his uh, suit coat on. And then at any time he just pulled it off and ripped things up. As long as I don't believe we're getting no, Steel don't believe, right? So we're talking about Superman. <laughs> But he didn't rip it off, and he wasn't Superman. I mean, that, that, I mean, he wasn't God all of a sudden. No, here's the deal. He was always, but he, he was always God. He was always human. That's important because what we see here in this is we see this picture of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. We understand that even when Jesus, the, who was God, was here on earth, who limited himself to, a, to a, a specific time, to a specific place, because he was in a human form, doesn't mean that the angels were partying in heaven because God wasn't there. You, you, you got me? So some, sometimes that, that, that thought process is, well, well God, how could God be there and here? Well, he's God. He can be both at the same so the, the, the angels weren't up there hooping and hollering and, and, and having the, the, the scene from uh, uh, the water boy when the coach is away and uh, the guy that rah, 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 talks like that. What's his name? Come on, Bobby, you know that. Farmer Fred, there you go. Thank you, Jason. It wasn't him. It's not, that's not the picture in which we have. Like they're going, no, God is still in, was still in control. He still had order. What we see here is that this beautiful picture of the Trinity and I could go on and on and on and on and on about that, but that's not where I want us to, to, to finish today. What I want us to see is that um, in this event in time, what we have is a beautiful picture. Even though we don't have the word Trinity, um, it is not found in the Bible. You will not find that word in the Bible. What we have is we have the evidence and we have the picture of the Trinity multiple places. This is one of them. It was at a significant time in history. Just like I said, it's, it was significant in the beginning of the creation. Now we have this in the beginning of Jesus' ministry here. So with this, let's move into our question. Why was Jesus baptized? This, this is a difficult one. I mean, this is something that... Um, hold on to show. I, got, I, I hear you, but wait a second. Everybody has an answer for this. I, I like, no, I like, I like your, your enthusiasm, but here's the deal. When, when I was studying for this, and I'm looking through it, there's over a dozen different theories on why Jesus was baptized. Which one is right? Well, let me give you some of those. I'm not going to give you all, all 12 of them, or actually there was more than that, but I'm not going to give you all of them. I'm going to give you a few. One theory was that um, Jesus was repenting. Well, exactly. So right off the bat, we know, okay, that theory is false because we know that Jesus was without sin. Uh, not only, it, does, it says multiple places, but it says in uh, 2 uh, uh, Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, it says, he who knew no sin became sin so that we might become the righteousness of God. 
That's just one area. Uh, another one, it talks in um, Hebrews uh, 4.15. You have that one too up there? So, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. So we know from what the Bible says that this one is not, doesn't hold any water. Okay? So I, I want us to kind of, you know, get that out of the way. The reason that Jesus was coming to get baptized was because he, he was repenting of sin. And he was, no, he wasn't. We, we know that to be false. Uh, some of these, the, the other um, uh, theories that, that may or may not, I mean, and you guys can be the judge. I just want to present all this. Uh, one, another one of the theories is that uh, the reason that Jesus was baptized was to affirm the ministry of John the Baptist. Plausible, as the Mythbusters would say, right? Plausible. Uh, and, and to go even one step further, it's thought that maybe even Jesus was a disciple of John's before he came uh, or began in ministry. Plausible? I don't know. We don't know. Or here's, here's another one. I think that somebody said this. Um, why was Jesus baptized? Uh, to, to be an example for, for believers. Okay. It's, it's plausible, possible. I, I think in some aspects we can really, uh, a lot of people jump on to, to this bandwagon. Uh, Jake and I were talking about this this morning, and I think that this is probably the most predominant one in most people's mind. Um, the, the, this understanding of uh, Christus exemplar, which uh, Christ is our example, very, very, um, it's legit. Uh, and like Jake and I were talking, the only, the only thing that, that, that kind of waves um, caution uh, when, when talking about this is that we, we need to make sure that we're not minimizing the divinity of God when we're maximizing the humanity of God. Um, and that, that kind of has a tendency to happen when we're talking about Christ as our example. Is he our example? Absolutely. W without a doubt, absolutely. Is that why he was baptized? Possibly. Don't know. Uh, another one is, uh, uh, another theory is this was the commissioning or the ordination for his ministry. Okay, because it says that he was baptized and, and after this happened is when he started his ministry. Is this possible? Yeah, it's possible. Okay. Uh, another one is uh, to identify with the sinners in which he came to save. Okay, he died with a thief on the cross, and this is where the, the, the validity of the people try to build the argument. He died with a thief on the cross, so he was uh, identifying with the, the, the sinners in, in um, the, the baptism and everything. Okay, it's, it's plausible, possible. Uh, another one was he was foreshadowing his death and his resurrection. Possible, right? We can see, I mean, we, because we know that the baptism symbolizes the, the death, burial, and the resurrection of Christ. Totally, it's totally, totally possible. Um, and and there, were, there are actually, there are many others that, that, that come into to play here as well. But here's what I want to, I don't want to spend all my time on the, the possibilities and the plausibility of, of all this, uh, because what, what I can see is through all of these theories, Although they're different, although they go a whole lot of different places, one thing I think the fact that is important is that um, all of whatever it was, it was all part of God's plan. So why was Jesus baptized? Well, it was part of God's plan. What does that mean? Well, I'm glad you asked. Because I think that it, what we do too many times is we want, what we want to do is we want to attach ourselves to one theory and we want to run with it. 
And what we don't do is we don't weigh it against Scripture. So what I want to do is I, want, I just want to read some Scripture concerning the baptism of Jesus, and I want us to form our own, okay, our own, I don't want to say theory, but our own thought, our own conviction about why Jesus was baptized. So in here, what, what I want us to do is I want us to turn back to uh, Matthew chapter 3. And that's what we're going to do for the next, you know, 15 minutes or so, is I want to help us answer the question, why was Jesus baptized? And if we get through that in 15 minutes, we're going to stop with that, and then I'll finish up um, uh, the message next week. So if you don't get any certainties today, uh, they're coming next week. I didn't know how long this was going to take. So... Matthew chapter, chapter 3, um, we're, we're going to start in our investigation of why uh, was Jesus baptized. Look at verse uh, 13. It says, Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to John to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? Pause for a second. So this, this is, maybe, maybe this is my own thought and my own twisted uh, way of thinking is um, I'm looking, at, like, people are in line to get baptized. Okay, next. They're stepping up next, stepping up. John the Baptist is here baptizing. Next, stepping up. And then next one in line, next, step up. John looks. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Jesus. Wait, wait. No, 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 no. There must be some mistake. Wait, I should, be, I should be baptized by you. Because it says here that John would have prevented him. So he, at first, he was kind of reluctant to baptize Jesus, right? I think that this is kind of a piece to the puzzle, if we're putting the, the answer in this question, because John knew his baptism was, of, was for repentance, and John knew that Jesus was without sin because of not, not only he's his cousin, but, but because of prophecy, and he knew he was the Messiah. So he was like, wait a second. Are you sure? I, I, I don't know if I can do this. But then it says, but Jesus answered him. Let it be so now. For thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented. So then John consented. So hold on. So Jesus says, okay, he gets up next in line, and he's like, okay, it's my turn. And John's like, wait, no, 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 I can't do this. And no, Jesus, Jesus says, no, this is what we got to do. Are you sure? No, yes, this is, this is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Okay, let's do it then. He does it. says he consented. Well, I think that there's a little bit more understanding that needs to happen here. And what does it mean to fulfill all righteousness? Too many times, too many people think that, that, that righteousness is just, um, if, if you're a righteous person, meaning that you just do all the right things. That's not what righteousness means here when he's talking about uh, the, the righteousness of God. It's almost, we have to look even further back if we would look into Genesis and talking about Abraham. He was righteous before God because of his faith. Abraham didn't make all the right decisions, but he was righteous before God. What does that mean then? Well, righteousness means the right standing before. A right standing before. So, Think about this. So Jesus was saying to fulfill all righteousness. This is part of God's plan so that 
There can be a right standing before God. So it's, it's laying some groundwork here. Understanding that, 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 that this is not just doing all the right things. It, it's just the right thing to do, so I'm going to be baptized. No, it's for righteousness' sake. Jesus needed to be baptized here. He's saying it is to fulfill this righteousness. So, if we're looking at this, John consents then. And when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice came from heaven and said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. So if we're going to go back to the question, why was Jesus baptized? Well, Jesus himself says it's to fulfill all righteousness. But really, what did, how, how can we get our head around this? Because w- when we look at, at righteousness, we kind of look at this. It, this is just like a, a theological, this is a Bible term. What we have to understand is we don't need to, uh, um, what, what's that word? Extrapolate a, 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 a word out of the Bible, set it by itself, and it, it has a, it, its brand new meaning. What we need to do is we need to understand what took place, uh, what, what events had to go into this righteousness. We know... We know, if we're believers in Jesus Christ, we know that to fulfill this all, all this righteousness, to fulfill God's plan, that Christ had to live a sinless life. He had to die a death in which we should die. He had to be buried. He had to be raised again. All right? We know that that's the, the ultimate fulfillment of, of righteousness. But we also know that, that, as Paul says, that all the promises of God find their yes and their amen in Jesus there was a promise that was given to John the Baptist that, had, that he had to find, or it's yes, it's amen. Amen means I agree with. It's amen had to be found in Jesus to be part of this full of righteousness. Turn to John chapter 1 real quick. Continuing, we're continuing to build this, this case for understanding um, the, the, the reason that Jesus needed to be baptized. Um, and, and this is where my feeble, simple mind ends up to the answer to our question. Because of the simple answer to our question, I think we're going to see here, because we just seen that Jesus says, okay, this is what has to happen, but why does it have to happen? I think we, we find the answer here in John chapter 1, um, and we'll just read 20, we'll start at 29. Verse 29 says, the next day he saw, he being John, there we go, he saw John, or John saw Jesus coming towards him and said, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. So uh, right off the bat, we understand that when Jesus was coming, this kind of throws my idea out of the, 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 the water of Jesus being in line and then kind of surprising John. I know that was a bad illustration, but we know that, that, G, that John knew that Jesus was the Lamb of God that was going to take away the sin of the world before he even approached him in the water to be baptized. It says, this is of whom I said, after me comes a man who ranks before me because he was before me. So understand, John has already said, uh, remember we talked last week, he's like, I can't even hold on to his shoes. I can't even pick up his shoes because I'm not even worthy enough to do that. This is who John was, he's already said this, he's identified the Messiah. He's identified, he knows who Jesus is. 
And it says, I did not know him. Okay, wait a second, Lee, you just said he knew him. Understand this. It says, I did not know him, but for this purpose I came baptizing with water that he might be revealed to Israel. Understand, when, when that says that he did not know him, he did not know him in and of himself. Like, he didn't figure it out. God told him. And how do I know that? Because it says it. And John bore witness. So what does that mean? John, he's going to say this is, this is the truth. I'm bearing you witness. If, if you're a witness of a crime, what do you do? You go and you testify. So he's, John is testifying here, and he says, I saw the Spirit descend from heaven like a dove, and it remained on him. We just read that, right? It sounds familiar. I myself did not know him, but he, so you see that, that, that wording is right there. But he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, He on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen and have borne witness that this is the Son of God. So why? Here, here's my understanding of what Scripture says. To the reasoning why, are all of those other things that we talked about, those theories, plausible? Absolutely. But I think if we dive into Scripture and we see why was Jesus baptized, I believe that we see that the reason that Jesus was baptized so that this event could take place. So that Jesus could be revealed to Israel, as it says, because John came baptizing with water, that he might be revealed to Israel. That Jesus might be revealed to Israel. So why did Jesus need to be baptized? He says to fulfill all righteousness. The righteousness was part of this event that was taking place. The sky had to open up. The Spirit of God had to descend and rest or remain on the Son of God to have this visible representation of the, of the Trinity to see this is the Messiah. So, so in, in, in my mind, as we look at this, we can see the reasoning that Jesus was baptized so this event could take place. Because John was promised by God, we see that, he on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. Not, not, God doesn't say to John, um, you know, maybe you might see the Spirit fall from heaven or, or, or descend, and you might, he might rest or remain on um, some, some guy. No, what we have to do, and we talked about this a little bit in Sunday school this morning, is we have to take the promises of God as the words of God that, 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 that they are true. So John the Baptist was told by God that the Spirit was going to descend and rest on the, the, the Messiah. And here's another heresy that we need to understand. Jesus did not all of a sudden um, become the Messiah at the baptism. Like, the, the, he, understand that the, the Holy Spirit already resided in Jesus. This is a visible representation of, of what it was already taken, had already taken place or what already existed. This is not, as some say, um, uh, they, they hold to the theory of adoptionism. Like at this time, Jesus was adopted into the family of God. Like he was a normal human and all of a sudden, well, now the Spirit descends on him and now he's God. No, we know from what 
the Bible says that Jesus had always been, will always be God. He's a member, he's a person in the Trinity. So don't let the, the, the thought come into our head, well, I think that maybe this is when he was indwelt with the Holy Spirit. No, the ones who are indwelt with the Holy Spirit, we, we're going to find out more and more and more, are the believers when they believe, they tra- are transferred from the domain of darkness into the kingdom of light. Jesus has always been in the kingdom of light because he is the light. Understand? Cool. So here... What we have is this promise that God has given John the Baptist to, he's, this is what you're going to see. So, and, and for John the Baptist to see this, I believe that we see here that Scripture tells us that this baptism must have taken place. Had to take place, I should say. Why? To fulfill all righteousness. That righteousness being that there's a time, I think of it like this, a time stamp, All right, this is when the heavens opened up, and this is when the Spirit of God descended like a dove, and this is when the the, the, the Son, as he was praying, we hear the Father affirming. Too many times what we do is we try to to over-spiritualize everything. Instead of taking God's Word at God's Word, this is significant in and of itself because here's one certainty we will, we will get into today and this is what we're going to end on. The one certainty, and we'll finish next week, the one certainty that we can end on today and we can say, okay, this is why um, Dr. Luke was writing to Theophilus to, to uh, explain because some of these heresies already started to take place even in the early church. We know this because we have the book of Galatians. We have the council in, in uh, Acts 15. We have, we have all of these things that, 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 that point to there were people trying to corrupt it all the way from the beginning. So Dr. Luke was writing Theophilus, and, and the certainty in which we can see here is that Luke was saying, this is the Son of God. How, how do we know this is the Son of God? Not only by the, 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 the testimony of John the Baptist, but because of the anointing, the visual representation of the Holy Spirit, but not only because of that, but because the crowd heard the heavens speak saying, this is my Son. Do not take that lightly. Jesus is the Son of God. Yes, Lee, I know that. No, understand it. Let that penetrate because the, um, the question that is answered wrong the most in our world, and I don't have any statistic on this. I just, I know this to be true. The question that is answered wrong the most in our world is, who is Jesus? Jesus is the Son of God. Let's end with that. Let's, uh, let's bow. Um, one certainty, that, like I said, that we took all, we can take away is Jesus is the Son of God. I, I'm going to finish up next week with, uh, there, there's a, an, another beautiful certainty that we can see in, in this text. Um, and, and I'm not, not going to, no, no spoiler alert, whatever. You can read ahead and you can probably figure it out. But we have to understand that the, the Father was pleased in the Son before the Son did anything else. And we're going to unpack that um, next week. But what I want to do is, um, Jake, come on. 
I'm, I'm going to, uh, I just want us to just, just think about all of this. Understand that the, 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 the promises that God gives us are, are promises that he's going to, to keep. Um, so as we um, prepare ourselves uh, to take the offering and prepare ourselves to continue in worship and prepare ourselves to go out the door, I want us to keep in mind the truths of God's word. Um, Jake, will you go ahead? All right, we're, we're going to end with uh, uh, more worship. Uh, we're going to take the offering, but let's pray. Father God, thank you for this day, Lord. Thank you for all that you've given to us. Thank you for the truth in your word that we, that we hear, that we understand, that we can read for ourselves and investigate. I thank you that your word does not contradict itself. It does not run us in circles, Lord, but it is clear to understand if we pour into it, Lord. And, and the reading of your word and the, the, the understanding of you should not be taxing, but it's a, it's a freedom, it's a liberty, it's a privilege that we have to learn about you and to know you and the certainty that you are the Son of God. Oh, Father, we love you. We thank you for the way that you're moving in this church, Lord, the way that you're moving in our lives, uh, the way the way that you bless us, Father, and when, when we live for you and we live fully for you and freely for you, totally for you, not that we do anything on our own, but, but that, all, that all is done for you, Lord. I uh, pray that as, as we take this time to, to give to you a portion of what you've blessed us with, Lord, I pray that you would take that offering, receive it, Lord. Pray that you would multiply it and bless with it, Father. I uh, pray that you would uh, bless those who give, I know that we're doing the right thing in this church, Lord, and we're, we're good stewards of what you give us, Father. Lord, I pray that you would continue to move as we worship, Father. In Jesus' name, amen.